0: The latest episode of the Brushbuilders Union podcast. I'm your host and general president of the Brush Builders Union, Simon Berman. This month I am joined by Yeji of Snickernack Studios. Yeji, thanks so much for joining me. It was great meeting you at Adepticon.
1: Yeah, it was great meeting you too.
0: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I think if you're not familiar with Yeji and Snickernack, uh, you guys do some commission painting and stuff, um, but you also kind of have a specialty in, in chibi painting. Is that right? I do. Awesome. Uh, so I'm excited to talk about all that stuff. So, uh, but to start, you know, um, how'd you get into miniatures? How do you, what, what, what was about miniatures painting that excited you?
1: So uh, uh, my dad's an artist. And so I painted and drew and stuff like that since I was little, um, had a whole long while where I didn't do anything like after high school, didn't do anything. But back in 2011, my um, husband, my boyfriend at the time, now husband, um, he was in the military in the air force and people were like hey so there's this game called warhammer 40k would you like to get into it Uh (laughs) (laughs) so we got into it um i started you know we started doing the whole painting thing and playing we built tables and put it in the garage and everything like that um but i really enjoyed the painting side because i was kind of that rules lawyer (laughs) um where i went Nope, this isn't how it's read. It's on page, you know, 72, paragraph three. (laughs) And with people who had been playing for years, so they didn't enjoy it and I didn't enjoy it. So we're like, okay, you know what? Let me just go into the painting thing a little bit. Um, And it was just really nice to just sit and relax um, and paint. So that's kind of how I got more into the painting side. Um, And then... We had, we moved. Um, so we stopped doing that. There wasn't much of a Warhammer scene, um, for a while. So in 2015, we kind of moved out to Mesquite slash Las Vegas area, which is where we're still at. We're in Las Vegas. Um, and we were just like, okay, like now's the time. Let's start just making sure that, um, we can, you know, get into the, um, competition scene and see where we kind of go from there and then 2016 i got a chance to um teach at las vegas open because that was a that was kind of a crazy year in itself um for the other teachers um other stuff happened and teachers had to bow out so two teachers were teaching 20 or 16 hours a day for the the whole weekend yeah um and so they were like yeji can you take a class or you know or, or two and i was like yeah sure i definitely can and uh, that's kind of how where my teaching career began.
0: Very cool. So h- what made them think of you to, to teach the classes? Had you had you done any like maybe local instruction before or just were you just a prolific painter?
1: Um, I was just into painting. I really wanted to teach chibis so I kind of let people know you know hey I really want to teach this because uh, even back in 2015 people were had so much hate for chibis. I was like no why they're so adorable and so cute but People were like the the big eyes and the big heads. They didn't really like it. So um, that was one of those things that I was like, okay, if I ever get a chance, like this is really what I want to teach. And I guess I just talked to the right people um, and kind of knew the right people at the time. And they were just like, okay, we're short on hands. So come help, please.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that's often how people get their breaks in just about everything, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh. No, that's super cool so you're, so as far as chippy stuff i'm supposed to say you, you, you felt like people didn't like it I, I felt like super dungeon explorer was a really big hit in like 2011
1: 2012 you know i think it was but then when it came to the competition scene i knew oh. that pe- yeah people were going man no like that's not good enough or like that's not something that i want to see like oh why is something like this in there and people kind of look down on them for some reason. And I don't know why. I, I don't you know mean. why that's also changed since then. Um I mean, anime culture has become a bigger thing in our nerd communities, right? So sure. that's helped quite a bit. Um but yeah, it and people after they start painting them, they kind of realize, oh, like it is a little bit harder sometimes because you have those broad, you know, broad face areas. Um the eyes really make a chibi. So if you don't really do that right, then it can look like it's scared or whatnot.
0: Yeah, it, it no is people. all in the eyes, isn't it? Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. a lot of it's in the eyes.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I, I guess that makes sense. Because I, I, when you were saying that, I was thinking about it in terms of like popularity as, as you know, games and product. I hadn't thought about it in terms of competitive painting, but it makes sense to me because you know it is such a radical departure from you know almost any other style of miniatures painting, isn't it?
1: Yep. I mean, it, techniques-wise, it's pretty much things can translate over, you know, both from Chibi and, you know, regular minis and whatnot. Um, but I guess people just didn't like the looks. And it was kind of more niche back then. And then now it's more with the acceptance of more anime and things like that. People have been kind of looking forward to painting those cute eyes and things like that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, from from LVO, that's kind of what kickstarted you into into instructional painting and stuff. So... Uh, What kind of classes
1: do you teach? Um, I teach pretty much anything now. Um, It was just really funny the first time I taught the Chibi class. Like That's my favorite class to teach. One, because I first started off teaching that, um, and it's really near and dear to my heart just because I love Chibi so much, almost to the point that one of my friends, a couple of friends have deemed me Chibi Queen. So um, (laughs) I have now this year accepted the title, or like last ReaperCon, not this past one. No, this past Rivercon, I accepted that title, and I have ribbons now that says uh, Chibi-fied by Queen Chibi," um, <laughs> because before I kind of felt, you know, I have the imposter syndrome that most artists have. Sure. So I'm like, nope, I'm now just going to accept it and uh, just spread spread the love of Chibi everywhere. Um, so actually,
0: I have a question for you. Then. Yeah, what is it about Chibi that that you love so much?
1: It's it's the eyes. Yeah, I have so much fun painting eyes. Like it's. Some people, they're like, even on like 28 millimeters or like, you know, even the garage kits or 54 mils, like my favorite thing to paint are eyes and some people, they hate them, but like you can put so much expression and so much life into just how an eye looks, whether it's the directionality that they're looking at or how to make them, you know, more expressive, like a sterner eye for like, you know, being angry or, um, just there's just so many nuances that you can put into eyes that you can't really put into the model like the model's pretty static but for the eye itself you can put in so much
0: no that makes sense well do you, do you remember what your earliest exposure to chibi is as a, an aesthetic and look was
1: um earliest was anime so back in high school yeah and then my first ever mini chibi mini was um we had gotten into kingdom death and then kingdom death and soda pop um, or Ninja Division, I don't remember what they were named at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, they came out with a The Twilight Knight as a Chibi Mini, and I got my hands on that and like never let go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Very cool. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's sort of anime based and in influenced. Sort of, it's, own, it's its own niche within anime, though, isn't it?
1: It is. And there's some people that still, even if they love anime, they hate chibi. So like uh-huh. it's it's one of those things that you either love it or you hate it. And it's good to experience once because there's so many techniques you can learn on a chibi that then translates back into regular mini painting.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's sort of it's it's the models that they have a lot of big, broad, smooth uh, places on them in, in in broad, smooth, round panels. Um, that mm-hmm. seems like sort of its own challenge, isn't it?
1: It is. It can be. Um, that's why I highly like when I'm teaching chibis, I say like you, it's OK to put in textures, have fun with it. Like chibis are there for you to have fun. So don't be trying, you know, don't be bound by the rules of, oh, my goodness, this has to be really smooth and and, you know, like well blended. No, like put in designs, put in textures like you have those big, broad spaces for for fun.
0: Yeah, I saw somebody do a, a chibi miniature that had done a, it was in it was sort of like a um, traditional comic book style with a lot of like cross hatching on it, mm-hmm. um, like very exaggerated, but it gave it that cool like mid century comic book, um, you know, like I'm, I'm I'm lacking the words for it, but it was a really unique figure. I thought it was kind of something you, you could use them as a weird palette in that way.
1: Yeah, and and I've seen some people do the um, cell shading style, which is you know yeah. how in anime you have those separate like line designations of shade base and um highlight mm-hmm. I've seen those happen too and those are really cool granted they are a little bit more like forced perspective wise but those sure. are really cool
0: very cool so it, let's let's say I have a chibi model where what do you recommend starting as far as painting you know say I, I do a lot of like edge highlighting and you know the um that kind of that kind of style which I think is going to be challenging for a chibi but
1: mm-hmm. if
0: you if, if I had my first chibi model what would you say I should start with as far as painting how should I think about the model and what, what my planning goes
1: I always start with the mo- or with the eyes because okay. I can't stand when when there's just like two white or black like just orbs just staring at me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm just like these are endless voids. No, I don't like it. So, um, I tend to tend to fill in the eyes first and then kind of go else out from there. Um, you know, eyes, skin, like anything else, I paint inside out, which is you know like closest to skin and then. Out to the outermost layer of clothing, um, I just find that easier to paint. But eyes definitely first.
0: Yeah, and and what goes into making those eyes expressive and, and interesting? It, it's such a it, it's almost like painting a face on a normal model, isn't it? Like it mm-hmm. so much so much focus on just the eyes.
1: Yeah, I honestly probably spend the most time. Like if a chibi took me like three hours, let's say, I probably spend about like an hour, a good hour to like an hour and a half on eyes like de- granted depending right but like a good hour on eyes like a third of the model spends yeah. on the eyes.
0: That, that makes total sense so um, uh, you know can you can you break down what, what goes into painting chibi eyes you know as, as far as as your your layers and your perspectives and you know how, how you're, you're building them
1: well if i think this also translates to like it's Um, just taking a look at regular eyes, right? Uh, If you're first starting out with chibi eyes, I would definitely say go to like Google and type in chibi eyes. And there's tons of tutorials out there, whether it's like, it's just 2D stuff, but you can still see kind of where to go from there. Um, And it'll show you like, you know, looking over to the left or the right or um, looking up, looking down. So doing like research on that is a really good idea. Um, But uh, one of the main part, parts that people forget about eyes is that the top like third of the eye, the actual, you know, the, the iris part, the colored part of our eyes like is hidden by our eyelids. Yeah, So sure. we do need to hide. Like we can't just have a single circle like right in the middle of the eye, whether it's a 28 millimeter, a 54, <laughs> a 72, right? right? Um, it, We have to make sure that How we're how we look at people when we're looking at people like a third of our eyelid or third of that iris is covered, so you have to kind of make a semicircle or like a U when you're drawing chibi eyes because otherwise it looks like the mini's scared to all hell and you're just like ah right yeah I mean I've
0: definitely got some some sort of perpetually shocked looking you know uh, space marines floating around.
1: Yeah. And that's why I say some of the, the things from uh Chibis, you can definitely translate into uh regular mini painting. So something like that. Also um after you draw one eye in, turning your mini upside down is a really good thing to do, whether, you know, whatever scale you're painting at, because our brains are trained to see faces. And when we're trained to see faces, like when we're when we have it right side up. We're going, okay, I'm going to try and make this as even as possible versus if we turn it upside down, we're trying to copy the shape of how that other eye was going, whether it's like a U or um, a semicircle or, you know, the placement of the eye itself. It's a lot easier to do when you're looking just at shapes rather than the face
0: it's interesting you say that because I've, I've found myself doing that like sort of instinctively like I've turned models upside down to make the, to make the eyes look right and I never really thought about why I do that but you've, you've uh-huh. articulated it really well <laughs> it, it just seemed like the right thing to do but it, it's, it's interesting you say that, that that makes absolute sense
1: yep it's it's something that I forget where I learned it but I I also was doing research on eyes and that's one of the tricks I learned and now that's a thing that I tell everybody
0: well, that's really cool. I mean, your eyes are still much better than mine are, but it did it did make a big difference to me when I started doing that. Um, no, that, that's that's really interesting. Um, so, from the eyes, you know, you, you're do you find you often have to like, do you often choose the expression for the miniature based on the eyes, or do you cho- or do you choose how you're going to paint the eyes based on the miniature sculpt, or is it sort of in between?
1: It's sort of in between. Um, sometimes I get inspired by whatever the sculpt is. Um, sometimes it's like an idea I have where I want to put something in a diorama and or like a vignette and so I have that to where you know a mini will look at something in the diorama itself so it's just a mixture of like what I'm inspired by at the moment
0: okay so what are you inspired by at the moment
1: oh goodness there's so much (laughs) (laughs) um yeah there's it's just so hard to really know sometimes what it what inspires me but every once in a while like it's a game or I'll pause an anime and I'll go okay and I'll take a photo like of the screenshot that's there um so it's just it's there's just so many influences that I don't know where exactly but if you um the one thing I found that if you kind of have like a you know, an artist block, um, go to like art station and look up, you know, whether it's color palettes, if you want to try a new color palette, or if you want to look at, you know, like if a mini is wearing a, a dress and you're like, I want this to be blue, but I don't know what you know what color to use Mm -hmm. then you can type in blue dress and something you know you have tons hundreds and tons you know thousands of options that pop up and you can go oh like this one's really cool and then try and attempt that style so i think there's just with digital art that's kind of you know gone crazy in the last 10 20 years um i think that there's just so much inspiration to be found you know online
0: sure no absolutely um so when you when you teach a class, if I come to one of your classes, what can I expect out of the experience?
1: Um, so you can expect um a lot of laughs, some okay. crickets. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um pretty much uh, a handout and a mini. So we do a little bit of talking about the the uh topic, whether it's um basic stuff. So I teach anything from basics to um I do one-on-ones as well. Um even at conventions I try to, but you know, no takers yet, <laughs> sure. but, um, yeah, it, we kind of go over what the topic is, um, to, you know, advanced topics like, uh, pleather, satin, um, see-through clothing. We do some theory sometimes. So it's just a mixture of everything. And if people want to see something for me, like I'm more than, you know, happy to make up a class for, for them. Um, but yeah, it's we we kind of start out with a handout. We go over the handout and go over the topics that we're gonna do. So, for example, if it's chibi, I usually focus on eyes and hair. Um, and then after we talk a little bit about it, and I start, you know, I draw a little on my iPad for people to see because um, it's easier when you have something in front of you to to see.
0: Sure. What,
1: instead of like a tiny you know on a tiny mini having examples big picture examples is kind of nice
0: yeah i'm actually I'm actually looking at your um your uh, chibi class the i document you sent me it's really fantastic mm. I, I can see that being a really good reference
1: oh ah, thank you yeah and then so um you you guys kind of you know people kind of follow the handout and um, after that we start painting um and you know, then I'll go around and I'll give feedback based on what you what you're doing, whether like you can improve on this or that. Um, and then, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. We cool. kind of go over and then um, any questions and, you know, any questions there are any feedback there is for me, I always try and get. I you, you mentioned shibby hair.
0: What goes into that? Cause I, I hadn't thought about it, but I bet that's sort of a weird complex thing in and of itself, isn't it?
1: Not really. Like people think it is, um, but it's a lot more fun because you can put in more texture yourself than regular sculpted hair because a lot of the times they're more flat. Sure. But the main thing um, with hair is that it's every strand isn't highlighted. Mm-hmm. and that goes for for chibi hair right is even if something's not uh sculpted in you can create your own strand so that makes that easier for you to control where you want your highlights oh, to be a little yeah, bit yeah mm-hmm. or if the hair is sculpted in then you you know just try and make sure that you're not highlighting like if you want black hair right you're not going to sh- highlight every strand all the way down from top to bottom like from root to end of the hair like with gray or with blue whatever you know tint of hair that you're going for like you have to remember that um hair it has like a halo effect when it's under light and it has Mm -hmm. bands of light so it's kind of that also translates well into mini painting like regular mini painting because you know a lot of people they'll just dry brush hair and then be done with it but there's also a little halo of Um and that I did a lot of studies looking up box um box hair dye, so you can actually see bands of oh, hair, or yeah. bands of light there uh, a lot better.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cause the, the photos on the box are always going to have it's 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 illustrating the hair more than anything else, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, brilliant. Um, no, that's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I guess in a way it's almost like object source lighting, isn't it? A bit. Yep. You're going to need to sort of identify where the light's hitting the hair and then and then develop mm-hmm. your your bands or reflections or halos from there.
1: Yeah. And people also, too, forget how shiny hair is. Mm -hmm. So I even go up to white. So the very last little bit, just dots of white, you know, in scattered places. And that'll make it look like it's really having that shine.
0: That's cool. Yeah, I never even thought about that. It's interesting, you know, I feel like when you're talking about the chibi stuff, because the the features are so exaggerated, it makes you think about how you're doing all of your painting in a different way. Do you find that's true?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think after I started doing Chibi, because like in some ways you have to, you know, remember where to put texture in and remember where to smooth all the blending out. So it kind of did affect me after a while on, you know, oh, I need to concentrate a little bit more on blending on this area, like even just in regular minis because of that.
0: Yeah, no, that that, that really checks out. Oh, and
1: especially because the faces, like the faces are so round and so like flat a lot of the times like there's no cheekbones carved in and and chins carved out right like how right. normal minis do um you kind of do have to sculpt those in yourself so you're almost like contouring the mini itself
0: interesting do you I, I had another painter I talked to a few years ago who talked a little bit about it, looking, watching makeup videos for, for mm-hmm. input do you, do you find that contouring and makeup video advice is, is particularly helpful to you as well
1: yeah when I first started out I did I did look up a lot of makeup videos for contouring because I was like I don't know how to contour <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, it's funny, you know, I've heard various people talk about that as well. And I think, there's, you know, when you're doing any kind of art, miniatures painting is an art, whether you believe it or not, Mm -hmm. Um, being able to find those useful resources wherever they come from. And I I think, you know, miniatures has been predominantly uh, masculine for so long. I think, you know, we don't necessarily seem to even look at at, it. It doesn't even occur to us that there's makeup tutorials that could have any application to us, right? I think it's, it's fascinating to like go and see stuff that's really outside your wheelhouse and be able to bring that into your own hobby.
1: Yeah, it's it's one of those sometimes you do have to think outside the box, like as yeah. with any art, you know, and sometimes it is more of a copy paste because in a lot of my, um, so for like things like satin, pleather, and for see through clothing, right? I say reference material, reference, like reference photos, reference photos, reference photos, because without reference photos, sometimes your mind and your hand don't like necessarily translate.
0: Sure. But when
1: you do, you're copy, you're kind of copy pasting. So you ha- see that. Um, what that image you have in your mind's eye works out a lot better.
0: No, that's cool. Do you mind talking about the the, the sort of see through and sheer clothing painting because that that stuff fascinates me. And I I think there's no other technique in painting that, that intimidates me more. Um, you know, every time I see somebody post, you know, a, a model with you know a, a sheer piece of clothing, my brain just stops working. I'm like, how did how did they do that? Like, I mean, <laughs> Like I sort of you know intellectually understand, but like I can't I can't wrap my head around it. It's it's so it's such a beautiful technique when it's done right.
1: Yeah, it is, and I know I don't do you know a hundred percent the best, but um, a lot of it's glazing actually. So um, what I usually do. So I mean, depending on what what you're doing, right? For example, if it's like a sheer black stocking, you mix in a little bit of your flush tone, your base flush tone with um, the shade or with a black. And then you put that on and then you kind of glaze up and down from it. So you glaze up on the highlight areas a little bit with more of a highlight skin tone and then glaze down the, um, the less like stretched out areas with the black. And it's a lot of going back and forth.
0: Yeah, I can imagine, but I mean, it's 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 so beautiful when it's it's done well. It's, it's, I've seen people paint, you know, really like gossamer looking models, and mm-hmm. uh, it just it it just <laughs> it really breaks my mind. But um, glazing makes total sense. Maybe you would like to find like a hard edge of like you know a, a garter end or a, a dress hem, and then sort uh-huh. of roll up from that. Was that what you would do?
1: Yeah. So like the, the, it, I mean, it depends on the material, right? So that's sure. where I say ref, reference materials. Um, if it's like a stocking, right? The less stretched out areas. So like right underneath the knee or like around the ankle, like under the ankle um, that those areas are going to be darker. So you go, you kind of start off with like a base of the black and then kind of go up from there.
0: Interesting. Yeah. No, that's, that's really cool. That actually makes it make a lot more sense to me that you said glazing is sort of the, the key to it, but uh <laughs> Very cool. So, are there any techniques that you know you're, you're you're currently trying to master, or that you're interested in? Maybe you haven't had a chance to do yet.
1: Oh man, I wish I could wet blend, honestly. But um, I live in Las Vegas, so during the winter oh. it's too cold and the heater's on, so it's too dry in the house. Yeah. During the summer it's way too hot. Um, but uh, I have been doing a little bit of that using oil paints, and uh, oh, sure. that yeah, oil paints is one of those things that I want to get better at. Um, because I did that back when I was yay little (laughs) yeah i literally the first thing that i did when i could pick up something was pick up a pencil and draw Uh, is that's what my parents tell me um and because my dad was an artist and he did you know weekend art stuff at the house and uh that's kind of where i got got all the painting stuff um but yeah just sometimes with oil paints like if you don't get the exact ratio of mixing right like it turns out a slightly different shade so mm-hmm. i need to go back into some of my my paint mixing roots
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i've done a little bit of oil stuff but it's, it's mostly just been for oil washes which is sort of its own technique but i, I find it mm-hmm. pretty fun and forgiving but I, the thing i like about oil stuff is, is how forgiving it is right you know if you yeah. screw something up you can take it right off the model yep yeah no it's, it's pretty fun stuff um so uh so you know, what where where do you teach these days? You do convention stuff?
1: I do conventions. Um I do some things on Zoom. So conventions-wise, I usually teach at uh starting in January, uh Las Vegas Open, March Adepticon, um July slash April, Gen Con, then ReaperCon in September. Um what else is there? I'm thinking if there's something in October and I can't remember. November is Warfare Weekend and then kind of rinse and repeat
0: sure that's quite the circuit
1: yeah it's fun like and it's it's nice too because you get a break a little bit you know during the summertime um but like you know i'd rather get out of vegas for the summer so. yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah no doubt about that um so uh you know you, you mentioned class, you do chibi classes you do do you do any basic instructional stuff or is it all sort of advanced technique yep.
1: I do, um, basic classes. The, so my good to great classes are from, you know, you know how to base coat, you know how to do the basic stuff like dry brush, but you want them to go just a little bit higher. So we'll go into things like uh, actually dry brushing well, um, doing black lining washing like making your own washes so there are there are some more basic classes and then we have a little bit more of like theory um class where it's you know we're sitting down talking about composition we're talking a little bit of color theory um I actually had to relearn color theory for that class
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, Um,
1: yeah because I was lucky because I grew up around art and so I kind of do you know I just pick my colors just kind of blindly. And then it kind of works. And so um, my husband, he's like, I don't understand how you do it. And uh, he because he always has <laughs> trouble picking colors. And he's like, honey, what color should I pick, pick, put on this next? And I go this one. And yeah, he's like, oh, okay, like this works because of this. And so he actually teaches me a little bit of color theory, because he actually <laughs> studied it. And I'm yeah. like, okay, I Yeah. <laughs> so that's fun um but it is also nice to have someone you know kind of there with you 24 7 to give you feedback
0: yeah yeah i'm Mm. I'm looking at my my girlfriend is a professional artist and graphic designer you know so she she, she's like very educated car so i'm like you know, hey, baby, what should I, what should I paint each other? Like, yeah, you're right. You're right. I don't know why I didn't think of that myself. <laughs> it's because I'm yep. not educated is the answer. But
1: <laughs> Yeah. And sometimes we're really mean to each other, like not in a bad way. Right. But like, you know, brutally honest, yeah. um, especially with, you know, com- competition pieces like I haven't competed in a while, but um, when we did competitions, Clint and I would be like, "Nope, that needs to go up higher because you know you you need to bend comments that and <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> put in the white dots." And I'm like, "Oh, you're right," you know. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just so funny how how that all happens. And Man, um,
0: there's there's nothing worse than you know when somebody tells you what you should do and you're right, is there? Yeah. Like, like, damn it, I knew that. But I, I wanted you to say otherwise
1: yeah and that is honestly kind of how i um how i improved you know back in 2011 i thought i was i thought i was the shit right like i was a big fish in a small pond and i was going man yeah i'm the people were always like you're the best painter in town like come paint my minis for me so that's kind of where i started commission painting but yeah um then i found you know putty and paint and chest of colors and i kind of I was like I'm throwing my brushes away. <laughs> <laughs> but I think uh and then um there was heresy it was like heresy forum or heresy online oh, yeah, yeah yeah yeah. So I kind of got on that cuz when we started doing um when we started doing Warhammer 40K and that's kind of how I learned we had a good group of friends there that like regulars that just sat and like honestly gave uh you know good feedback not just the oh this looks great it was the hey this looks good but you know the the positive sandwich um sure. yeah the this looks great but you could do this and you can improve by doing x y and z and so we those guys and i still hang out and we actually had our own podcast for a while and then our lives kind of exploded
0: <laughs> yeah no i know how that goes um no that's that's, that's really cool so you know when do you do you paint for fun these days for yourself or is it all sort of work stuff
1: Oh man, right now it's catching up on the past like almost a year and a half of stuff that's been backed up. Like, I, when I said 20, 2021 blew up on me, it blew up on me. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm catching up on that. I'm catching up on a lot of commissions. Um, I do paint uh, for Ninja Division um, for their chibis. Uh, I sure. did, I've done some of their box art. Um, and, what else do i do i'm painting for nova charity this uh the summer raffle it's gonna be a dragon i tried to do it last year but it yeah yeah um and then what else nope uh i haven't really painted for fun in like you know since the pandemic hit
0: really just been been busy huh Mm -hmm. do you do you wish you had more time to paint for fun
1: oh yeah I have so many minis like in my backlog. Like I have, you should see our Calyx like from Ikea, yeah. like the big <laughs> five by five thing. Uh-huh. Um, it's chock full of minis, especially there's like five, six, s- six or no, seven squares full of kingdom death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I I do wish I had time to paint my own stuff because um, yeah, I I want to, to get to those pinups, I really enjoy pinups, like whether it's in the male or or female form, um, and I haven't had a chance to really paint those. and And I do want to paint for competitions again, like just for fun, you know. Like it's it's more of a showcasing your art thing now for me than it is like, oh man, I have to get a gold or I have sure. to get a silver. Like yeah, yeah. 'Cause it started back in twenty fifteen. That's where Clint and I we were starting. We were just like, Man, I got to high- score higher than you. No, I gotta score higher <laughs> than you. So <laughs> a little bit of, you know, spousal rivalry, I guess. Sure. Um But now it's more of a, hey, like, let me let me see where I can take this mini to and see people enjoying it and seeing people, you know, letting me know, like, oh, my gosh, like the story that this tells or like the color use on this, you know, it that's where I'm like, yeah, like I did something that's different for me and and I pushed something for myself. So that's really nice to hear.
0: That's really cool. Um, so when you're when you're gonna when you do have time to paint for yourself, what excites you about a miniature? What, what, what's what makes you go? I'm gonna I want to buy this and play. Is it because you're gonna use it in a game? Is it because you like the sculpt?
1: It's usually the sculpt, either the sculpt or um, concept art. Sometimes, um, where the concept art, you know, I look at it and I'm like, oh man, like that would be really cool in this little scenario or this little vignette because, like, it made it out so cool. Um sometimes it's um sometimes it's like a a character like um like I just one of my friends just get, uh got me a Geralt. Geralt. I uh-huh. can't pronounce the Witcher's I'm name sure for either. some reason. Yeah. <laughs> but him and the Tengu um from one of the Kickstarters that was out a while back. And that one I was just like, oh, that's so cool because like the tango is like swooping down and trying to get to the witcher and he's just like trying to f- fend it off. So sometimes it's the scene. Sometimes um, it's the, the actual, just the aesthetic of the model. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of pinups. I enjoy a lot of pinups because the human form is just very pretty, um, especially male pinups. Cause there's very few and far in between.
0: Yeah. Well, I assume you've seen what Shoshi Bauer is doing, right? I
1: yeah, I've yeah. seen that. I've um, I you know went all in in the Kickstarter for the um, for the Kingdom Death that had that. Uh, you know the, this last one back a couple of years right. ago it yeah. had a bunch of male <laughs> pinups. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. So, I went all in on that and I've doubles of some of those because I was like, Oh yes. Um, I felt like a, a dirty old woman at that yeah. time. But- <laughs> <laughs> hey, if, if I'm, if I'm allowed to, you know, drool over some female forms, I'm allowed to drool over male forms as well. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, And sometimes if it's, if a mini's different. So I know on one end of the spectrum where, you know, things are like pinups, right? But if there's like a lady in full on plate armor, I'm also like, whoa, that's different. I haven't really seen that before. So I like things like that too.
0: That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if we can maybe get a little more deeply philosophical about all this stuff, what is it about that you love about miniatures painting? I mean, why, why do you miniatures and not get into, you know, why aren't you painting still life in oil or doing um, scale modeling, right? You know, what is it about miniatures painting that really excites you and keeps you doing it?
1: It's, it's the stories that I can tell. So, like two d printing, yes, you can still tell stories. um granted, I'm not the best at translating again what I have in my mind on two d. <laughs> sure. Um I did try and get into digital painting for a while, but it's, you know, it that's a that's a long work in progress, um versus I have it's kind of like coloring in the lines, but you can choose to tell your own story with it. So it's like a choose your own adventure type thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I also love seeing how people can take the same mini and, you know, make so many different stories out of them Um, or different, like, aesthetics. You know, I'll have, like, um, I'll have a mini and, um, you know, my husband will paint it just a totally different color and they'll have a different vibe to them. So you're just like, man, there's so much versatility in it. And it's a lot of, like... Scale modeling is very rigid in that you know you have to have the you know forty seven rivets, not forty six or, right. or whatnot. <laughs> so it's it's very much more the flexibility that it gives you um, that I really enjoy about about mini painting. Oh,
0: that's a great answer. Um, what is is there any miniature you particularly love painting over the year? Well, here's a question: when you're, when you're actually painting a miniature. Mm-hmm. What do you enjoy? What parts? What makes a sculptor? You're like, I'm I'm enjoying painting this, or oh man, this thing is turning out to be a drag. Does that ever happen to you? Oh man, there every mini hits that.
1: (laughs) Every (laughs) mini hits the man. Why does this look like crap? Like phase. (laughs) So every single mini, I'm just like. Nope, this doesn't look right. Why is not this working out the way that I want it to? And then I just kind of give myself some more time and actually set it down and walk away from it because my Mm -hmm. brain's overthinking it. So I come back and then I'm like, okay, like I'm ready to revisit this and and whatnot. So um, I, I think it's just seeing the progress of where the mini is. Uh, come from like because I'll take work in progress photos and just kind of like oh man like it was this but now it's this I think that progression is where um, I have the most fun just seeing it
0: yeah no I I get that for sure so for somebody who paints as much as you do are there any tips and tricks you have to to staying motivated and being able to keep knocking work out like that because I'm sure it's draining
1: oh man um make sure you're taking breaks (laughs) Um so yeah make sure you're taking you know the time to to like let your brain rest because you'll overthink if it's especially if it's like a long project um or even if it's like a big project like you know 2000 points of space marines or something let your brain rest from that project so jump around on projects um usually keeps your motivation up um sometimes just sitting down and finishing a mini like to completion helps because otherwise you're like, man, I have the sea of of minis to do. Um and uh yeah, taking a break sometime, like allowing yourself to actually just not think about mini painting and go do whatever the heck you want.
0: Yeah, that makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, being able to step away I think is such a big part of of being able to do the work. And I think it's kind of counterintuitive.
1: Yeah. Sometimes, like, I've gone into that spiral of, like, oh, man, I have minis to paint, people are waiting on me, but I don't have time to do this, and then, you know, what am I doing with my life? Yeah. <laughs> and then going back to, okay, like, it's fine, I'm, I'm painting again, you know, so it it's a very, you know, sometimes it's very cyclic, but it's okay like allow yourself to if you know if you have something else going on that week like even if you're a commission painter like allow yourself to take a break every once in a while sure
0: Uh, so speaking about you're saying it can be cyclic and stuff, do you do you find you have a, a routine for painting is is there like a process to how you sit down and go to work or do you just do it
1: yeah i usually do um have a process like So I have to kind of have a routine for the day like because I do part-time work right now um, and then like for – my nine to five, what it was years ago um, as an insurance agent. So I do that. And then I give myself a little bit of a lunch break and then go into painting. And when I go into painting, you know, I do, I make sure that I have fresh water, make sure that I have, you know, a couple of snacks, turn on some music or a podcast or a show and then go painting. So it's just kind of a little, I mean, it's a tiny routine, but it's still is a routine nonetheless
0: sure do do you have like an end of routine routine um you know like do do you go do you meticulously brush your brushes before you go to bed or whatever?
1: yeah, so I make sure that at the at the end of the day that my brushes are clean, everything else I can just leave and it'll be fine, but brushes wise, I'll definitely use brush cleaner and make them you know make it so that they're not gonna be crap when I come back the next time.
0: What do you do for that?
1: um I use the What is it? I always say the name of this wrong. Gentastics Drunken Brush Goop. I always say I always say it's unicorn poop because there's a unicorn on it. Uh (laughs) (laughs) And when I first saw it, instead of goop, I read poop. Um, So it's from Monument Hobbies, and I use the um, use that brush cleaner as it's just a soap, and you kind of um, put your brush in it and kind of like brush it. It's I don't. It's weird. I can't really show you how I do this. (laughs) But you take a little bit, put it in the palm of your hand, and kind of, like, rinse it like you're brushing, you know, a paintbrush on, on a mini. And uh, make sure that all the gunk is out before before you uh, clean it off. Put a little bit in, like, for leave-in conditioner, and then put it away. Okay. Mm-hmm. And
0: uh, you, you find that that's keeping your brushes healthy?
1: Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah.
0: So, actually, let's talk about that. What, what, what kind of brushes do you like?
1: Um, I use... Um, Sable brushes. I cannot, I'm no Jim, Jim Wapple. I yeah. <laughs> cannot use synthetic brushes for anything. Like even oils, I'm just like, oh my gosh, like this will not blend out. Um, but yeah, so synthetic brushes, I get mine from Game Envy. It's the Hobby Holder guys. Okay. And they're sable. Size two is my favorite brush. It's my workhorse. I use it for about a year, and then I retire it for another year to be like a base coating brush. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how how that usually goes. Um, there's other brushes that are still good on the market too, but uh, I found that one to just be like the right springiness for me, the right like softness for me. So that's kind of what. In I your did. hand, I guess. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah, that's really important. I think I think it's something people cool don't think about is you know that every brush does feel different in your hand, doesn't mm-hmm. it?
1: Yeah. Oh, and when they change it up, I'm just like, what? The yeah. <laughs> bro- broken toad brushes. Um, Their size two used to be my workhorse before that. And they changed when they came out with the Mach 3s. Um, they changed the handle to be more girthy. And I'm like, ah, uh, what, <laughs> what is this? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I was just like, nope, no thanks.
0: And it's such a personal. thing. It's funny because the, the, until I was out as long as I was able to get them, that was actually still my my go to was the number two from mm-hmm. uh, Broken Toad, mm-hmm. and I actually liked that it was it was kind of uh, kind of wider, it felt good in my hand. But you know, it, it's such a personal thing, isn't it?
1: Yep, yeah, my husband was like, "Oh man, I like this handle better," and I'm like, "Nope, yeah. I can't like yeah. physically cannot compute."
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get it. It, it, it. It's it's just so idiosyncratic. But um, so we talk about brutal, but Are there any paints that you find as go to? Is there a line you particularly like, or do you pick from lots of different ones?
1: oh i i've gotten really used to the vallejo game colors so that's the majority that i use and then um i've acquired a lot of reaper colors over the years especially because they do sponsor a lot of my classes sure and um yeah they uh so i have a few favorite colors that uh from them like uh forest green is a really nice green from them and um I'm thinking Bruce Purple and it's not Bruce Purple. Uh, Burgundy Wine. Burgundy wine is another favorite from them. Yeah. And um and then Jade Green from Monument
0: Hobbies. I love. But I've been like- hearing a lot about that from uh-huh. specific paint. Um that and their titanium white, which I actually I bought that one at um Adepticon. I haven't had a chance to use it yet, but I hear that's <laughs> everybody's talking about that. They're Jade Green.
1: The titanium white, I have a big, you know, bottle of like or big tube of Winsor and Newton stuff. So I'm just like, ah, that's going to last me a lifetime. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but for, yeah, that jade green is like the best jade green I found in any of the paint lines.
0: That's good to know. That's, that's, yep. such a, that's such a great color, jade in general. But yeah, I find that it it's hard to find a good out of bottle solution. Mm-hmm. So that's very cool to hear.
1: Yeah, so Vallejo Game Color is my main line just because that's what I started with. And so it's just easiest for me to work with. Sure. Um, and now I'm kind of an old grump when it comes to like, here, try this new paint line. And I'm like, no, I'm used to this when painting my commission minis. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> So I'll I'll pick and choose a couple colors um the metallics that, or the color shifts from Turbo Dork though. I love yeah. those. Mhm.
0: Yeah, they're uh we we I I've interviewed both of their their owners actually on previous podcasts and uh Yep, I I
1: was actually listening to <laughs> to <laughs> Meredith.
0: <laughs> Meredith's great. Yeah. She,
1: yep. She... But uh yeah, so I there's certain colors that I'll pick and choose from other lines but the majority is Vallejo and Reaper at the moment.
0: Cool. Uh, is there anything that you you, is there a paint color that you you wish you could find that you just have found the right one from?
1: Mm. I mean I wish there was a yellow that covered well. (laughs) (laughs) Um but yeah, other than that than that, no. Like I've oh oh fluorescence that lay down well as well. Mm. So there's I I haven't found one that really like doesn't have the, the it, what happens is because of the fluorescent, like, the glow back of it, um, it needs a certain pigment. That pigment, like, kind of tends to ball up on me and just provides these little white dots on whatever I paint. So I'm like, nope, I, I something else, please.
0: <laughs> sure. Right on. Cool. Well, Yeji, thank you very much for taking the time to speak with me. Uh, if you're listening, uh, check the show notes. You'll find links for uh, Yeji and Snickersnack Studio on twitch and instagram and is there anyone else we should be linking
1: um no twitch instagram facebook is facebook. probably where we you can best um just kind of reach me at and yeah
0: cool and people can find your your show schedules and classes and all that stuff on there mm-hmm. awesome well you guys again thanks so much it's great talking to you i hope to see some more shows in the future maybe take a class with you
1: yeah thanks for having me
0: Brushwilders Union is a community of like-minded miniatures gamers dedicated to playing their games fully painted and supporting one another in their craft. Brushwilders Union is here to help you stay on track with tools and a community of fellow painters to encourage you in your journey. Take the Union Pledge and learn more at brushwildersunion.com.